You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Down Northwestern. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, J-Rod, Jim Rodriguez with you on a Monday as we look forward here to a lot of football. We'll get to the MLB later on this hour. We'll also dive into the two biggest games this week, and we'll spend a lot of time on Notre Dame, Ohio State, the game Jake Hassan's going to be at, Utah and Florida as well. We'll get to that later in the hour. And a couple great guests, Mark James, college football. We'll talk with him as we uh, zero in on week one. And then, of course, our guy Bob Nightingale, one of our Odyssey MLB insiders, joins us later in the show. But, Jared, how about we talk about some of these big numbers, really big numbers here for week one? And I think it's fun to start with the game that's probably one of the most high-profile games, probably the second most high-profile after Notre Dame and Ohio State this weekend. Let's start with Georgia. Georgia, 17.5-point favorite against Oregon. J-Rod, Georgia, it's, it's interesting because they had they finally did it last year, right? They climbed the mountain. They beat Alabama. They won the national title. And they bring back their quarterback, but they lost a lot of talent. I mean, first-round pick, I mean, think about it. The number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, Trayvon Walker Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, the, the linebacker that went to the Packers. I mean, they lost, I think, in the first two rounds, five or six defensive starters from that team. Like, a crazy yeah. run of players that went off that team to go to the NFL. Yet, you look at their schedule, you look at the line on this game, they're projected to be a team that can go back to the playoff. Like It's almost like they've become a little bit like Alabama now, where they just reload. They lose it, no big deal. They're still supposed to be great. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they cover this number. I, I, this Georgia team still looks like they could be dominant, even without you know a bunch of NFL players that left. Yeah, I mean, any other team, school, organization, whatever, to lose all that talent on one side of the football would be decimated, but it's the old story. Georgia's just reloading, right, as opposed to rebuilding. And I think the, the key to this thing is is it's essentially a home game. The game's in Atlanta, right? Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's the kickoff classic. So, so Oregon goes to literally the belly of the beast you know, with a new head coach, where Mario Cristobal has left that program. He's now in Miami. New head coach. Georgia now has another weight around their neck. Now there's only been two teams in the football playoff era that have been defending national champions that have not made it back to the playoff the next year. It, it was Ohio State and in LSU. So Georgia doesn't want to be on that list. 17 and a half, that's, that's a big number. I think Georgia will eventually get it and cover it. But I love the over 51 and a half because at the end of the day, that is a lot of talent that you've lost on defense for Georgia. And I'm sure they've replaced it, but Oregon can still score. Georgia can definitely score. 51 and a half. I love that play as an over. 17 and a half. I will begrudgingly take Georgia laying the 17 and a half, but I am all in on that over 51 and a half. It's a, it's a home game. Yeah. You're right. So two angles I think are really interesting in this game. One, you mentioned the home game factor. The game's in Atlanta. And two, 
Dan Lanning is the new head coach over at Oregon. Dan Lanning was a defensive coordinator of Georgia for the last three years. This is always fun, like when a coach leaves a program and then faces them. Now, I mean, he knows this team as well as anybody, not named Kirby Smart. So I'm interested early in this game, what can he cook up against Stetson Bennett, right? He practiced against him every day. I mean, he's seen every throw the Georgia quarterback has made his entire collegiate career. I I think your angle is the right one. I actually might look to play – Oregon in the first half. I could see it being closer in the first half, and then talent takes over, and they eventually cover in a higher scoring game the way you kind of laid it out over the number, but maybe they finish it and they win by 20 or whatever. But I wouldn't be shocked if early in this game, Oregon gives Georgia a little trouble because he knows, I mean, their former defensive coordinator is the Oregon coach now. I think that's an advantage for them. Absolutely. And I would love to see getting even deeper in the weeds, Joji, what it, what the first quarter total would be. Because I would almost love to take whatever that number is, maybe even take an under, you know, if, if it's 10, if it's 12, if it's 13 and a half, maybe take an under because that that Oregon defense is going to come out fired up. I think eventually things will, the, the ship will ride and Georgia will pull away. But I'd love to see a first a first quarter total first half spread to see what that goes out to. That may be something to ride with Oregon and maybe even take an under. So let's see what I could find here. Um, I'm not seeing first half up yet. I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure they'll lay it for us at some point, but I, I think that's the play. You're right, a first quarter, maybe a closer game there. We'll see what the numbers are as we go through. But I, the 51 is is certainly the right way to do this. 51 and a half on the game. We're, we're together on that. And then um, I think Georgia finds a way late in this game to cover it. All right, let's jump to uh, Michigan. Michigan, 27 and a half point favorites here. Week one against Colorado State. Boy, that's a lot of points. We're talking about four touchdowns here in this one. And the story here, of course, we mentioned earlier that we're going to see a different quarterback week one versus week two with Michigan. Now, this could go one of two ways. The quarterback here for Michigan could feel pressure, like I've got to play great, otherwise the guy next week is going to take my job. Or he could feel like, hey, whatever, I'm not playing next week anyway. Let's just go out there, beat a bad team. Like it's, it's. We'll see how this plays for Harbaugh, but we know here it's going to be a different quarterback next week, really no matter what happens in this game. 27 and a half points. Michigan coming off of a dominant year last year. The only thing I worry about with 27 and a half points, J-Rod, is late in the game, is Michigan just running the ball? If they're up 24, are they trying to score again? Like, they, if you win this, I'd almost rather bet the first half on the game because they might yeah. just blow them out in the first half, take their foot off the gas after halftime. Yeah, the only thing why I would even – be leaning toward to laying the 27 and a half is that Colorado State this is a brand new team new coach new everything so they're still trying to sort of feel themselves out feel who they are what kind of a team they are and then to go to the big house and try to perform I could see it you nailed it Joji I could see it things getting getting sideways early in the first half uh, a 30 to 3 kind of first half and then Michigan saying okay we're good and then Colorado State climbing back into it and and getting a garbage cover I would dare to take the 27 and a half I would I wouldn't put a lot on it but I would definitely love to see a a first half Michigan whatever it is I would lay that because I think they're going to lay the wood to a basically a brand new Colorado State team yeah and that's a good point it is and that's I mean, that matters a lot. Continuity here early in the season. And we're, and we're talking about a bad team, right? Colorado State went 3-9 and last year. 
And I think they lost their last six. I mean, they were, I think they yeah. were three and three at one point and they just kind of lost out the rest of the year. Um, but I'm curious what we get out of Michigan this season, J-Rod. I mean, that was a magical year last year for them. They went and they beat Ohio State. They got to the title game. The only thing I wonder about with them is how do you replace Aiden Hutchinson? How do you replace David Ojabo? I mean, they had those two dominant kids off the edge. And then Daxton Hill, another first-round pick in, in the defense. Like, Georgia, it seems like people think they're going to do it. They could replace it. Can Michigan replace those players and do it again? And then I almost feel like, does Harbaugh now feel he has got carte blanche in Ann Arbor? We're seeing this immediately with this. We're, we're playing two different quarterbacks in our first two games. You right. know, is there that sense of, hey, I have to do this. I have to win. Well, he did it. He finally got over the hump. He validated everything, you know, being a Michigan man, getting the Wolverines back. Does he now say, okay, now I can sort of do what I want. I can go back to having some fun, experimenting and stuff, and try to win games that way. Again, a, a board head coach is dangerous sometimes. A good point. And, and uh, it's crazy when you think about it because, what, two years ago, maybe even the beginning of last year, like there were real Ooh. thoughts he could get fired. I mean, he took yeah. the pay cut during the pandemic, and now it's like no one's fired Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. I mean, he's – I actually think we've underrated the job he's done there. You look at his winning percentage, what he's done compared to the coaches before he got there. And Michigan had a run there, J-Rod, you know, po you know, around from the end of Lloyd Carr until Harbaugh got there. I mean, Brady Hoke was there. I mean, they had a lot of nonsense going on at Michigan for about 15 years. And all of a sudden, he's took him, what, to two college football playoffs? I mean, he's been great there. And yet, until last year, it's like no one really respected because he hadn't beaten Ohio State yet. Right. Michigan was where Nebraska and Texas are now until Harbaugh yes. got there and he, and he turned them around. And I think because of that, now he is, he, he, he can walk around there. And now I think there are some, he sort of gets another free, he, he get he gets some parole time. He gets some, okay, you had a bad year. Oh, you tried something. Well, okay. Hey, it's Harbaugh. It's Harbaugh. I think he gets, he gets another, uh, he gets a longer leash yet again and he's earned it. All right, let's hit this one next, the Alabama game, because I saw something on Saturday that I, I said, we got to bring this up. So it's Alabama. They're laying 39 and a half points to Utah State. Now, this will be Utah State's second game. They played this past weekend. They played UConn. They beat them 31-20, but it wasn't, wasn't easy against a terrible UConn program. J-Rod, I was looking in the crowd at this game, and there was someone in the Utah State crowd with a We Want Bama sign. Now, it's hilarious. They got themselves on TV. It's funny. Do they really want Bama? They just struggled to beat UConn, and now they get wow. Bama. We're looking at 34 and a half on the number right now in this game. Utah State has got oh, nearly 2 million reasons to want Alabama. That's how much oh, that's they're true. getting paid to play uh, to go to Tuscaloosa and 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 play the Tide. Listen, the number actually went down. It started at 41. So the number's yeah. gone down. I, I, as crazy as it seems, I think Utah State covers not because they're that good. I just think it's a big number, and I think I think I think Saban's going to do the same thing now. Now they, there's an ex Alabama player that's playing for Utah State, so maybe there's that little oh you left us, you're going to go there. Let me remind you, and then we're we're going to run it up on you. And Saban's not afraid to run up the score, but I just think that's a lot of points. I I, I would I. Utah State is not going to be competitive in the game. I think Alabama is going to take that fourth quarter off, and they might be able to – Utah State might be able to cover. I think I'm going to take Utah State in the points. It's interesting when you look at the the numbers coming in here. Um, 
in terms of the bets. Uh, 98% of the money on Alabama, 84% of the bets on the Crimson Tide. But the number shifted. You, you said it. The number has shifted. This was in the 40s, low 40s, and now we're at 34 and a half at BetMGM. So, you know, that's a that's a different kind of number there. Um, here's my my thought on the on how this thing plays out. I, I just wonder if late in the game, similar to the Georgia game, or similar to Michigan, does Saban take his foot off the gas, right? That's part of it. And then the other thing with Utah State is, although they didn't play great, J-Rod, they played a game already, right? They got a game of, of you know, they, they got a game under their belt. They played. They got some kinks mm-hmm. out. I think that helps them. Now, what's what's better, rest, not rest? But I think it helps them that they got some kinks out last week against UConn. They're going to lose. They're going to get beat by th- four touchdowns. But – I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is more of a four or five touchdown game rather than a six or seven touchdown game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this feels like a 45-13 kind of game, you know, where, yeah. where they just get it underneath there. You know, I, I again, that's it has nothing to do with, with Alabama. It has nothing to do with Utah State. That's just a big number, man. I get it. They're trying to get us to bet the Utah side of it. And I think I will. <laughs> when you're getting that many points. And the total yeah. the total in the game is 62 and a half. 62 and a half. That is a gigantic number for week That one. I don't think and, we get to. Whew. 61 and a half. I mean, yeah. I mean, Alabama's going to run the ball the whole second half. They're, they're going to get in, get out, get a win. Not going to either start or start. My thing is this, we know Alabama can get into the 40s, but can Utah State get into the 20s? That against Alabama. That'll be the question. That's why Probably I don't think not. 61 they, is doable. Yeah, that in the first half it might feel we're headed that way, but I think they take the, the foot off the gas and it's a different mm-hmm. kind of game. All right, how about the Oklahoma UTEP number? I'm looking at 31 and a half right now over at BetMGM, and this is interesting. The Oklahoma program, I mean, for years it was Lincoln Riley, and we knew what we were getting. It was a high octane offense, not so much defense. Now they bring in Brett Venables, defensive coordinator from Clemson. I don't know for the first time in a while what Oklahoma is going to look like. I have no idea. Are they going to still be the high-powered offense? Did that leave because Lincoln Riley is now at USC? Jerry, I don't know. I mean, in most years, I'd say, all right, we know Oklahoma is going to score 60 in a game like this, 55. They'll probably cover the 31 and a half. I'm not sure what kind of team Brett Venables will have in year one. My, my instinct is maybe a little bit lower scoring. He's a defensive guy. Maybe they don't run the score up on a UTEP in game number one. New coach, new quarterback, five key players from defense gone from Oklahoma. I've heard say that Oklahoma will be in the playoff this year. That's how much they, how highly they think of Oklahoma. 31 and a half, I will take the minors and the over in that. That's just a lot of points, especially for the first game. There isn't that big rivalry. There isn't, this isn't a conference game. This isn't the Red River shootout. I, I think Oklahoma will is still trying to find themselves, what kind of team they are. I, I think it even may be a close game in, in the first half. So I'll take the Miners getting 31 and a half. Absolutely. Yeah, I think when you look at the, uh, the odds to make the playoff, the odds to win the title, the odds in this game, a lot of respect for Oklahoma out there. And I'm not saying they're not a good team. They're talented, but I got to see A lot it of new faces. A lot of new faces. Yeah. That, that Big 12 is the hardest conference to predict. I mean, you could pick out Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, you can make a case for a lot of these teams to win this thing. I need to see it to believe it. I'll be seeing, I'll be watching to see 
what Brett Venables does week one. But I would take the points there, 31 and a half on Saturday. Joe G, J-Rod, Jim Rodriguez with you. Let's hit some baseball next. MLB card for today. We'll look ahead a little future stuff here. AL Central, NL East. What do we like? That's coming up next right here on the BetQL Network. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. (laughs) 